Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. So at the time of recording this show, the American presidency looks like it's signed, sealed and delivered, except perhaps in the mind of one man and many of his fans. And um, Donald Trump has not yet conceded. But just to get a view on the American um, situation, delighted to welcome a dear friend and colleague of mine, Dr. Dieprie Kuku Siemens, who um, works for the University of Northampton, currently in Hanoi in Vietnam. Uh, Dieprie, welcome to the show. And Thank yes, you. You, must have, you must have some... Um, well, interesting mixed feelings being so far away from your homeland, but seeing some of the tensions that are there going on. Certainly. And, and you know, of course, I'm um, in many ways delighted to be away from all the mess and mayhem of American politics, because it is just that. Uh, it's very straightforward. We had an election. Uh, we've trusted them and we've trusted in our system. And it's been internationally monitored and verified that uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are our new administrative cabinet. So there you go, there you go. So what's your view on Trump? I mean, we, we know we've had an interesting four years. He's brought a particular style to the White House, but you know, in terms of not conceding, um, do you, has he got any basis for the claims he's making? Well, he has no basis other than that's the way that he's governed over the past four years. And that's what brought him to rise is that he has this, you know, ability, this enthusiasm to really rally up a base of people who feel disenfranchised and that they've scapegoated and they've done the whole popularism thing. And so we've seen that come to a very neat conclusion. And I hope that that spreads again around the world just as quickly as popularism um, and the, and has spread. I hope that that fizzles as well in other parts of the world because we see how dangerous it is that he's even questioning the electoral system that elected him in the first place, that he so faithfully um, conceded to just four years ago, he's refusing to concede to an even rougher, tougher, more strict system in light of the allegations in, of his election. So we know that our election system is secure, but his goings on just demonstrate what we've been seeing over the past four years. And that's what's both dangerous, um, sad, but it means that the work must continue. You know, it just means that the work of building our a stronger democracy continues, just as Obama said. And of course, we know that um, Obama and um, we know that Biden Harris are carrying on that legacy of we can now call it a, um, the Obama legacy. We must call it that we are building a global coalition. It's not America first. Mm. OK, so um, Biden has, you know, is, is, is not a young person. He's come in. I mean, very interesting that we had two 70 year olds <laughs> up for the up for the presidency. So what do you yes. think about the yes. Biden Harris ticket then? Well, the Biden-Harris ticket in many ways, as you can as you can, many people see, just as in Obama, it embodies 
the America that we do envision, that dream of building a broader coalition of people who have global roots, global interest, and global interest in cooperating, collaborating as a global community. And that's what's most important about what we see in someone like Harris and, um, and exactly why this um, ticket. Because make no mistake, um, Biden is a career politician. You know, Trump ran on this idea of draining the swamp, but we're we're ignoring the fact that we do need experience in cooperating globally, internally, also regionally. That's exactly what's called for, and those are exactly the kinds of skills that Biden has through some stumbling blocks, sure, but he's also reconciled with, and that's the kind of leadership that um, we need. And, and it's clear that even um, the majority of the American people have finally been rallied around to vote about. So I'm very, I'm very proud about it, though it is very distressing that, um, of course, we have to find a way to deal with a wannabe despot. Mm. But who, who garnered, you know, 70 million votes, the second highest ever in any election, right? Exactly. So it's no small thing. It wasn't a landslide at all. No, and they, you know, there must be informed, educated, articulate people in that 70 million. I mean, what, well, is, well, what is the appeal of this, Trump? This is it. This is it. The appeal of it. I mean, it, is it any different than popularism any other time or place? And that's what we have to accept. I was speaking with, um, I was speaking with a, a guy at my local Kneipe, my local pub, and he asked me this very thing, you know, what do I think of the election? Because, of course, I'm an American here in uh, here abroad and people want to know about this momentous thing. And uh, this is a, a young man who's not Vietnamese, though. He's from Bangladesh and he lives here as well with his family. And he said, well, Twitter is banning Trump. Facebook is branding Fo Fox News has abandoned him because he's he's factually telling lies. And he's been doing that throughout his presidency, but now even those platforms have had abandoned them. And so even he and his tribe have moved over to another social media platform because that's how divided the information is. We only get to see what our own little silo of information is. And that's the silo of information that's fed to them. And now that even their own, their previous you know, kingdom of Fox News has abandoned them, They've even, they've even said, well, we're leaving. There's no hope of reconciliation. And that's, that's, the, that's the unfortunate starting point is that we have to build that hope. We have to rebuild that hope that there is a reconciliation because Adrian, as you said, 70, over 70 million people voted for him, happily went along with his racism, happily went along with his sexism, happily went along with his elitist policies. They say pro-business, but it isn't it isn't pro-business, it's pro him and his businesses and his cronies. So the cronyism, the lying, the cheating, you know, the kind of um, fear mongering, and we've seen that collapse with the coronavirus. Mm. That leadership well, is nowhere is that greater scene in his response to coronavirus. People in America are dying. We had mass graves and under his leadership. But and this is that kind of leadership. Until then, though, would he have had any claims to have been a success as a president in certain areas? The economy was doing well. More jobs are being created. Isn't that what the you know, American population wanted him to deliver? Well, at the expense of working people, 
he talked a good game to working people, but he had done little to increase the value of their lives and no better again were the scene and those who were both really disproportionately placed at, at risk because of Corona. We saw all of those social advantages and disadvantages through this disease, through the experience. And we saw that uh, both race, gender and, and class, look, you know, all these things really determined who was at greater risk. And, 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 and so all those things were really exposed. And that's all that Corona did was expose those vulnerabilities that he, he put in place. So when we say the economy is doing well, but we're saying, well, we're not saying that actual um, jobs are expanding. We're not saying that, um, and the illegal trade war with China. So again, Vietnam has uh, been benefited um, in the short term, and it's it's also what's happening. You know, Trump has broken many promises in bringing back those jobs from China, and he's not built better jobs. And what would those better jobs be? Greener? No, he's done the exact opposite. He's demonized anything that would be pro planet, and he's pitted again capitalism against the planet. Mm. Quite a big um, well, that's, that's mm, sorry. Go ahead. Quite a big charge sheet there. Just, just give us a bit of a flavour for politics. You know, if we say in the UK we're used to left wing, right wing, we've got the Labour Party, the Conservative Party. You know, how much further right is the US Republican Party, and how much further left, if at all, is the US Democratic Party? Well, Adrian, we have to acknowledge that you know if we consider the NHS. Mm -hmm. Is that social or political? Our politics in America is so right of even having a, a, health, a public health care system that even our Democratic Party is right of many of the political parties in Europe. But with the rise of populism, that's, of course, destabilized this. And so Trump has hijacked the Republican Party. So he's brought it much further right than we could have ever imagined. But remember, the American starting point as compared to across the Atlantic is already the Democratic Party in many ways. Um, think about our liberal gun policies. Um, think about, um, there's so many ways that we could, we could see that America is so already far left of what's going on, even more, of course, in Central Europe, but in many ways, the UK. And so if, if that's a starting point, then this Trumpism He's really hijacked the Republican Party because there are legitimate, there are le legitimate, I would say, conservative economic views that have little to do with his law and order, you know, sub subtitle of racism, that have little to do with any of that. But he's hijacked that entire party and he's made his Trumpets have to choose between his party, the nation, and Trumpism. And that's an unfair choice that he's presented them. Mm. But so he's, he's taken are, mm. he's taken the Republican Party then to the to the extreme, right? Which should, in theory, and has looks like it's left a gap in the center that Biden has been able to tap into. And I would just add that he it, it's not that he took it; they were they they were ripe for the taking. He capitalized on something that was there. Okay. Just to change tax slightly. Seven, mm -hmm, yes. Sorry, there's a slight delay on the line. Just to change tax slightly. Then you're in Vietnam. Um, what you know? What yeah. do the locals in Vietnam think? What were they rooting for? Who were they rooting for in the election, president's election? Well, you know, there's there's there is a lot of joy here in 
whipping China into shape. And that's what many people felt that Trump and Trumpism was doing. You know, there's still a lot of ill feeling and resentment and actual um, ongoing dispute between Vietnam and, and China over things like as basic as territory, you know, how we draw the maps. And so these are, of course, trade routes, but the, the, the drippings, the crumbs that fell from the trade war that Trump waged with China was that factories from China shifted here to Vietnam. And so in many ways, Vietnamese feel that they've benefited from the trade war and therefore Trump. But of course, I believe that there's a longer term view that one must view, one must take here. And, and, and that would be actual collaboration, you know, more in, in empowering trade agreements read with regional trade bodies. You know, ASEAN is very, uh, Vietnam is a very strong partner in ASEAN, a very strong leader in ASEAN. And building those regional blocks through trade, I think is a better way than America first. Mm. So that's the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, yes, mm. that you're talking about there. Um, mm. So, also, also, mm -hmm. carry on. I was just going to say many of many, you know, Vietnam hosts, of course, many of the um, uh, summits that happen, um, the where the governing happens and the collaborations happen between all of these nations throughout COVID. You know, Vietnam has been a safe haven. Um, and so Vietnam has been able to host many people, um, uh, many uh, summits to come here and to continue uh, collaborative work. And that's the sort of work that Joe Biden and Harris stand for. They embody, but they also speak about is that we're looking to rejoin the global community. The first thing that Joe Biden says is in a global pandemic, pandemic hey, let's join the World Health Organization. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems um, almost too simple. You know, they even need to say it, but um, it is strange. And he has already said he's going to rejoin some of these things. So do you think Trump is going to eventually uh, cede? And when, thank goodness we've not seen any significant civil unrest in the last week. That's That I'm so pleased about because there were threats, weren't there? Gun, yeah, gun sales exactly. had gone through the roof, etc. But, you know, Will he exactly. succeed or will he seed or will he have to be dragged out of the White House? Well, uh, oh, there are two ways I could answer that. The first is, of course, everyone would love to see him um, dragged out in cuffs. But um, how did the well, how did the emperor has no, no clothes end? Remind me. Oh, gosh, you're testing me now. <laughs> I, put me on the spot. I can't. I don't remember actually. either, but I wonder if this is that kind of scenario. I want to go back and find out, well, how did that end? <laughs> because maybe that will tell us how this nightmare will, will end. <laughs> <laughs> well, he seems to be, um, you know, whether he'll be charged in, in, in any way, whether he's trying to raise money, some people think, to pay off campaign debt. So it's not actually about the legal battles. It's just to raise money to pay off the campaign debts. I mean, you know, there's talk that he wants to um, to run he again. He can pay his family with that money. The money that he's raising now, that he says is to contest this election. He can he can he, he can pay Jared. He can pay Ivanka to consult mm. on that. And of course, and this is just more of the same. Why yeah. do people like that? And we need we just need we need people who can have dialogue with the global community. Yeah. And that's what that's what that's the hope that I have. And that's the the what I've seen demonstrated. You know, we have some very deep seated problems with criminal justice in America. And so, of course, um, having the combination of 
Biden with many years in dealing with um, waves of how, you know, um, social attitudes have changed in terms of thinking about criminal justice in America and building the, the prison industrial complex to now looking at taking Black Lives Matter as a political platform. And not as, an, not as a radical way to defund police, but to say, but our entire criminal justice system um, is in disarray. Um, and, you know, the Black Lives Matter is showing the corona of the criminal justice system, just as corona is showing the, the you know, the decay of our, of, of not really taking um, public health care very seriously. And then in, in the, the ramifications of that investing in education and infrastructure, all of those things in tandem. And that is what will build a longer term, stronger economy. The short-term vision of Trump is that short-term economic growth does not look at what we need in the long-term. He's talking about fracking, he's talking about um, opening oil pipelines, but he's not talking about renewable energies. He's not talking about um, what is our long-term strategy for climate change. He's a climate change denier, which again, um, we've had to censor him because he's told many lies about. So again, that's another reason why the Trumpers, the Trumpist, I don't know what we call them, but um, that they have gone over, they've become so extreme because they're even divided on climate change. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, um, in what is already in many ways an uncertain future, there is some hope for um, America to take its place on the world stage for some moral leadership, for some decency in politics based on cooperation. Dieppe, thank, Dieppe, thank you so much indeed for coming on the show. Um, a view from America, from Hanoi, uh, but really good to, um, to have your thoughts there. And um, I think very clearly we can see which way you might have or you did indeed vote. But thank you for sharing those insights with us and um, keep safe, keep well, look forward to seeing you very soon. You too, Adrian. Thank you. And bring back decency to politics. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform. And of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.